before we get started, I'd like to give a little disclaimer. We are not mental health professionals, although we talk a lot about it and give a lot of our opinions and thoughts. We are not professionals. We are just teenagers who have some strong opinions. Um, And if you want professional help, please get professional help. All right. Enjoy. Just talk. Just talk. (laughs) Hello, everybody. My name is Franny McLean, and this is the McLean Minute. I have a wonderful special guest here. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Evan Smart. I'm her best friend. Evan is a senior at Almeryl High School and, of course, my best friend. She is easily one of the most artistic and emotionally intelligent people I have ever met. She's kind, articulate, and focused on moving forward above anything. She'll be attending Virginia Tech next year, studying Spanish and environmental protection. Hello, Zeus. There's a cat upstairs. All right. So if this is the first episode, so each podcast, if you don't already know, we have a, this is about mental health. This is about therapy, mental health is about everything and anything under the sun when it comes to that regard. And each podcast, we will be having a activity that we are doing while we are recording this. So any kind of therapeutic activity. And for us, it is clay and hanging out and building some clay and talking about some stuff. So let's get started. All right, as we are pulling out our clay and unwrapping our lovely Michaels $32 pack of 32 colors. Ooh, shout out Michaels. Shout out Michaels. Let me just ask you one question, Evan. If you are listening to this now, everything that Evan does not feel comfortable about talking about or sharing with the world will be edited out. So everything you hear is something that Evan is comfortable with sharing. And oh, also, before we even start on the questions, So clay is stimulating to the mind. It is used in child therapy a lot to be able to get kids comfortable with talking to, th- to therapists because it relaxes the mind, it stimulates the brain, boosts creativity, supports fine motor skills, develops hand muscles that are previously untouched, especially in the age of typing and computers. Um, clay facilitates hand-eye coordination, facilitates low-pressure learning. Um, It is also used in anger management and and stress relief. So this is the perfect kind of thing to be using as we're talking about some of these heavier topics. All right, Evan, what are you planning on building today with your clay? Um, For starters, I'm thinking just a mushroom, keeping it simple, keeping it sweet. And then, I don't know, I will update as I get new ideas. (laughs) I love that. So what are some things that you struggle with with your mental health? Um, Definitely, I just like go all in. (laughs) Um, So I struggle with um, like depression and anxiety, pretty chronic too. I get like, for the most part, I go through kind of like bouts and stuff. And like, it's not always like like in the past in my life, it hasn't been super challenging or anything like that. But clearly or like definitely in like 2020 with the pandemic and everything when everybody's by themselves for a lot and you're just kind of left to your own devices. I've definitely struggled more with my depression and anxiety. Um, a lot of it is all kind of like in my head, of course, because that's what mental health is. Um, but I don't know. I definitely, when I see like on Instagram or anything like that, like people talking about like how easy it is to kind of, I don't know, help yourself and like get out of whatever slump you're in. That definitely never helps. I feel like I I know it's from like a good place, but always seeing like that kind of stuff is like, oh, maybe I should be there in my life. And then I'm not. And that makes me feel bad. But I 
So it's definitely important to rem- for me to remember at least that like everybody grows at their own pace and like growth is not linear in any way. So that's definitely an important kind of factor. Especially in a pandemic. And I feel like we could do a whole episode just on pandemic mental health oh, and for sure. just how we are surviving a world pandemic. And I want to ask you, you are a very spiritual person. You seem very in touch with your spiritual side. And what role does that play in with your mental health? Um, honestly, it plays a pretty heavy role. Like all kind of whenever I'm going through something like whether it be really bad depression or like worries with my anxiety or anything like that, I'll definitely look at it like and try to attack it and kind of solve it from a place of like spiritual consciousness. Um, And I will like think what's the best like thing for me personally to do in like this moment. Um, And whether that be meditating or lighting incense or journaling or anything like that, that's definitely how I like to like kind of come at it absolutely and I mean part of the spiritual practice is doing it regularly and having commitment to it do you notice a change in your mental health when you're more distant from your spirituality very much so I yeah like you said like it's a lot of doing it regularly regularly like meditating like once every couple months or once every couple weeks isn't really gonna kind of bring about any sort of change in your life and I definitely struggle with that like I'll I know like a bunch of other people I will get in like spurts of kind of energy and spurts of like oh let me do this like let me like light some incense and like do a tarot reading and start meditating and stuff like that um but like with my depression that it can be hard because I can rise and fall so easily and that can only last like a day if that. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to keep that kind of mentality going for sure. And I think a lot of that is kind of glamorized by social media, especially TikTok. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Like the spirituality is this fun. It's this easy. You're never going to be upset. You're never going to be sad. But I think it's a lot more learning healthy ways to deal with it. Spiritual. yeah, yeah. Like I, we could do a whole segment on like TikTok and why that's so bad for sp- spirituality. Like spirituality, like people don't tell you when you're getting into it. It can be like, like there's like shadow work and like inner child healing. Which if you don't know what inner child healing is, it's like basically talking to yourself and having a conversation with yourself but the other side of that conversation is like you as a child and you're kind of apologizing for everything that not so much apologizing but like understanding and like valid what's the word for validating validating I was gonna say validating (laughs) um kind of validating everything that like your inner child felt and like understanding and telling them that it's okay that you didn't get this or that you went through this and it can be like pretty deep and like I've like I haven't super reached out into that much um like I've done it a few times but like it's hard and I've heard people like who say they like broke down in tears and stuff after doing it and like I definitely don't think every now and then I've been in like the right space to do that so yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're both in therapy. We've always been pretty open mm-hmm. about our lives in therapy. And I think that therapy can serve as that of, you know, inner child work and um, processing your traumas from a very early age and seeing where that goes. Because we are all, we are not, we are not burdened with pain deeply. It's all things that we've learned, that we've been conditioned to learn and be conditioned to exactly. act with because of the things that's happened in our childhood. And I mean, do you think that sometimes therapy just doesn't cut it? Honestly, yeah, like, I was talking to my therapist recently, and, like, every now and then, like, I'll leave feeling, like, maybe worse than I did before, like, because I'll, like, in that 
session, maybe all we did was talk about my problems. And like my therapist does a pretty good job of helping me find solutions to my problems, but that can't always be the case. There's only like 50 minutes in our sessions. Mm -hmm. So like there's not always time to like go through all of my trauma and then like analyze it and figure out what I can change and how I can change my life to sort of fix that. So yeah, definitely therapy isn't always going to cut it for sure. That kind of answers my next question of has therapy ever negatively impacted your life? And I mean, there is, there is a big stigma with therapy, of course, that it's useless, but of course I do believe that it can be, it can work and it does help. But I mean, sometimes it's just like either I'm leaving, realizing problems that I didn't even know I had or or it's a very emotional session and I don't feel like she, she supported me through it enough. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's rarely happened, but it does happen. And my therapist is the easily most kind woman. But of course, a thing that I have to remind myself is that she's not my friend and that she's not there to make me feel better. She's there to work with me and get me through it. And I think that's why some people think that they've had a really bad experience with therapy when it was really just them not you aren't seeking validation from them and they're not going to give you that validation to do. You're Mm -hmm. there to grow and you're there to talk through your feelings. You're not there to like deep dish it with a friend, which is definitely something that I've had to remind myself too, because I am like, you know, so I'm an empath, which means I can, I'm very good at like people. Like I can read people's emotions very well. I've always said, I don't know words. I know feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, it's hard for me to differentiate between, like all these feelings that I'm feeling and especially in therapy with differentiating between, oh, I'm feeling this same comfort that I would feel with a best friend talking about these same problems. So yeah, it can definitely be like that. And with the stigma you were referring to around therapy, like I still get like, I don't know, uncomfortable when I have to, like when I'm in a conversation with someone and I'm like, oh yeah, I was talking to my therapist recently because there is such a like taboo around therapy and like, oh, you need therapy. But no, like everybody could benefit from therapy. I think that everybody should talk to a professional, somebody who is completely objective Mm -hmm. to your problems because it is so, so easy to get stuck in your own head. It is so easy, especially when you know that your brain is not reliable It is just Mm -hmm. this muscle that has been conditioned through years and years of training. And as you get older, it gets even harder. Mm -hmm. So I think that teenagers especially should be going to therapy because adolescence is exhausting. Being a teenager in 2021 is exhausting. Oh my God, it's it's terrible. Like the cards that we have been dealt, it's just, it's, it's, I, 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 I hate the whole life is unfair thing because it is and that's a really harsh reality but like it is really unfair like this most probably developmental part of our lives our last year of high school going on to college and we've been locked away in our rooms for like all of it so Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely been super rough where do you seek guidance from like from the universe from god from a god any specific source so I've never been religious in any sense. My mom was raised Catholic, I want to say. We don't talk about religion much, but um, uh, yeah. So I, from a very young age, I was like atheist or whatever, like probably early middle school. And then I found out the word agnostic, which meant like sort of you might, like you're not kind of turning away any possibilities. There are multiple possibilities, and but you have like no knowledge of what those might be. Um, and then like, 
starting in high school, really, I started branching out and finding more comfort and guidance, like you asked, in sort of the spiritual community. And there's, and spiritual is really a loose term for, like, for me, spiritual means, like, you don't worship a God, you don't find guidance from, like, one deity or, like, organized religion, but from other sources. And for me, a lot of that is nature. I connect with nature on a very deep level, and I don't get out there as much as I'd like to because life gets in the way and mental illness, like we're here to talk about and stuff. But um, for definitely nature is a part of it. That's where I see, like if I did believe in God, that's where I see God, like in nature. Like it is so rawly universal and so like rawly created for the purpose of beauty and life. And I don't know, that's just my two cents. <laughs> I love that. I think that is so real. And I think we share very similar views about that kind of stuff. I, I also see nature as a divine source. It is where we come from. It is where we were destined to be, is where we were destined to, to grow with. And it's, it's beautiful. And I think there is such beauty in it because there is chaos and there is death and there is pain in nature. But these are only, those are good and bad are only human defined Mm-hmm. those are just human based feelings it's our own moral compass that we've been made to but it's it's not because it's just how it is i mean everything we know is just human created everything we say everything we do is just from human and like nature there's nothing man made about it like it is all from the universe and for life and to give life and receive life. And I just think that's really like beautiful. Do you ever get angry with your source, your universe, your, where you seek guidance from? I would say definitely like when I'm not feeling exactly like self-loathing and like mad at myself for things that I'm going through, I definitely like can be sort of like, kind of paradoxical to Christianity where a lot of Christians will say like everything happens for a reason that's a take you see a lot in like Christian kind of groups um but like and they say God has a plan for everybody like I kind of I do like talk to the universe as if it is one entity and I'm sort of like like why are you doing this to me like I I don't think I really deserve this right now like I've gone through a lot of blah 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 but like at the same time like we also create our own realities if there's something I don't like I can change it and I have the power to change it it's all like in your mind like it's just like a like I don't know like fingered at your fingertips absolutely what are some physical things that you do to feel grounded definitely take walks that's a very good thing a very good thing (laughs) that's what I like to do especially barefoot there's a feeling like being barefoot in the grass is a feeling unlike any other I don't think you can compare that to anything really like that is definitely like it tethers you to the earth for sure um definitely meditating like um there's a really cool sort of meditation um technique that I saw um and learned about a couple years ago or like maybe a year ago something like that where it's like you count to three but in the middle of two and three you stop and you sit in that space between two and three and you're just there and you're existing and you're aware of everything but you're also 
you, you like see these thoughts and you're aware of everything, but you can also send it away and see, I recognize you and I see you, but I'm also just here in this moment. Um, so meditating, like I said, is a really good way for me to sort of be aware of everything, but also just kind of sit with myself and in the moment. Absolutely. And I, I wish that I was more regular in my meditation because it's hard. And as somebody with anxiety, where there's always something like popping into your brain and there's always, there are, the thoughts just come a mile a minute and they do not stop. Like it can, it can be hard and it can be exhausting. And I think that, man, what was I going to say? And I mean, my therapist has helped me with meditation and has helped me um, has helped me realize that meditation is not, there's not one definition of meditation. There's not one specific way of doing it. And it's not, it's not just sitting in silence with yourself. It can be going on walks through nature. It can be just breathing or just closing your eyes and just focusing on the sounds of your environment or even mm-hmm. listening to music and just only thinking about the music and only thinking about the words and seeing where that takes you. And that can be meditation and playing music can be meditation. Making art can be meditation. And that kind of leads me to my next question of, um, uh, what role does art play in your mental health and spirituality? Oh, definitely. Very big one. Um, I, I, as you know, I really like to be creative and I like to do things with my hands. Um, and one of those things that I really like to do is paint. And I definitely don't do it enough, but I just, there's, I really like abstract art, for example, because first of all, there's no rules in art. If you ever get an art teacher and they assign you something and you're not fulfilling their expectations of it, so what? Like, it's art. There are no rules. There might be loose guidelines to follow, but like, it is just freedom of expression. And that's what I love so much about art because it really is just like a lawless land to sort of express yourself in. Um, it's exploring. Exactly. Yeah. It's exploring your mind and exploring exactly. because we are so, as humans, especially in the age of technology, we're so used to ones and zeros. We are so used to right, wrong, yes, no. What is the right direction? There are only two paths you can take. And mm-hmm. with art, there's so many. And I know that the whole like left brain, right brain thing is kind of BS, but it it is true where you need to connect with that side of your brain because you mm-hmm. go into this primal this primal zone where art has been around for millions of years mm-hmm. multiple animals create art have you seen like on netflix there's like the mating rituals that some birds come up with they no. are creating art creating like i saw this one i saw this one when it's like life in color on netflix i highly recommend it but these birds are creating these beautiful, like these tiny birds are creating foot tall, like three feet tall sculptures of wood and they're creating it and adding flowers and berries to it, just the perfect that's area. Amazing. And, and I don't care if that's just, oh, it's their mating ritual. No, they're, they're creating art. That's they art, are yeah. using their brain to create something that they think is unique and they think is beautiful. And I totally think that that's, that is that is so necessary. And 100%. do you have any advice for people who say, oh, I'm not an artistic person. I don't, I don't do art. Oh. Like h- how do you approach, how do you approach art and how do you approach creating? First of all, anyone is an artist. Everyone, everyone is an artist. Anyone is an artist. It does not take any skill set at all to create art. You see a first grader drawing like stick figures. That's art. Like that's undeniably art. Anything you create that's art. It doesn't matter if it's a painting. It doesn't matter if it's a drawing. It doesn't matter if it's a wood sculpture. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a work of like 
writing or something, anything that you create is art and that, that can get very loose and that can get thrown around. But like at its core, art is just creating and it doesn't like everyone is an artist. Like I said, if you feel sort of lacking in artistic abilities or anything, all you need is one. You don't even need inspiration. You could just start with a pen and go on paper and whatever your hand does, that's art. Like sketching in a notebook, writing down things and making doodles around it in class. Like that is all art. So I think that I don't want to say it's it's an excuse in any way because a lot of people like myself, I definitely understand, can like get sort of caught in your own head and like stuck in there and trapped. But like it really is like you're kind of in the way of yourself creating like it's so easy. I think especially with therapeutic art, you get stuck in the viewer of your own art and the audience of what your art should be. But reminder, not all of your art, not everything that you create has to be on show for everybody to see. You don't have to post it on Instagram if you don't want to. It can be just a strictly for you, only you, just an exercise of energy. Mm -hmm. And even just getting a crayon and scribbling on a piece of paper, getting your feelings out and just letting your hand go where it wants to go, that's art. I'm going to pause for a second and um, I'm going to go and get some water because that's the only thing that we forgot because I am parched. (laughs) Whoever does this podcast stuff, props to you because my throat is dry. Y'all need to drink. Yes. So we will be back in a hot second. Three, two, one. All right, you guys, we are back from our short little break. How are you doing, Evan? How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty well. I finished up my mushroom, and like I said, I would give you guys an update. Now I am making, like, pastel yellow fairy wings to put on a, like, lavender sort of background, and I think I'm going to add, like, some sparkles and stuff. What about you? I love that. I am building a little riverscape with some mushrooms on it as well. It looks very good for the viewers at home. <laughs> and of course, we there will be an Instagram that we will be posting on if you want to see some visual visual updates um, at the McLean Minute on Instagram. I have yet to create the Instagram, so that handle better be there. And if it's it not... It will probably be there after you listen to this. Most likely. All right, getting back into our conversation. We were talking before about meditation. Now, what about mindfulness and um, gratitude? How does gratitude serve a role in your spiritual health? I definitely like I've been saying, serves a very, like everything's been, you've been asking, serves a very big role. Um, Mindfulness and gratitude, for example, especially gratitude. Whenever I am at my lowest, I always kind of like just sit there for a second in whatever setting I am in, most of the time on my bed. (laughs) Um, And I just kind of like list off the top of my head the things that I'm grateful for, be that a loving family who cares about me, great friends who really value me and like love my um company and really like care about me um like I've been saying before nature I'm so grateful for mother nature and all that she gives and all that she provides um because it really is like a a haven I wish it didn't have to be a haven because that implies that like I'm not always there but I'm not unfortunately um but I am very grateful to have sort of an outlet and a place that I can go to whenever I need um, just space from life because God knows that gets really hard sometimes. Um, mindfulness for sure. I, I wish I was like more 
qualified to speak on mindfulness. But at the same time, I feel like even if you don't understand a topic, if you feel it, like especially mindfulness, if you have the vibe, like you can talk on it and maybe it's not the most like qualified sort of take on it. But I definitely do appreciate mindfulness and like it's a lot of being present in the moment like I've been talking about before. Um, And that can be really hard to do, but it can also be super helpful because like, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Because like life is so crazy and everything is so busy all the time, like 24-7, 25-8 really, like you're going, going, going. And it is so helpful to just like, be for a second and exist like we don't like have enough time in the day it feels like sometimes to sort of just exist and like live as like one as yourself like so definitely um (laughs) that's all I had to say and I especially with COVID COVID is a big thing because as teenagers in COVID we had a really rough time as seniors in high school with COVID we had a really Mm -hmm. hard time and I think it's so easy to fall into that trap of, I have so much to be grateful for. Why do I feel this way? And I think that's a guilt tripping tactic that a lot of, unfortunately, parents use on their kids. It's like there are starving kids in Africa. I hear that all the time where it's like, yes, we acknowledge that. I feel bad for them. Like, obviously, I hate that. We acknowledge that there are people who are living in much less fortunate places than we are. We are, we have survived this pandemic and that is a feat to itself, but it is still a world pandemic in our developmental years that is Mm -hmm. going to mess us up. And that especially when we are, our bodies are actively trying to survive a pandemic when we know that it's going on, we need to put ourselves first sometimes. And I think that's also big, especially in after, after George, after George Floyd, after everything that happened and these struggles that people are experiencing right now and all of the, all of the activism that is kind of going around how it's it's okay to step back for a second because the events in this world, the atrocities in this world are overwhelming. And of course we are both white girls who are saying this and that is true. We have, we have experienced so much privilege. However, we are surviving a world pandemic and it can be extremely overwhelming, especially in the age of the internet and social media. 100% and both being queer women I feel very privileged in another sense to even have sort of like a window into the world of like being a minority and being like a marginalized group and I know that the LGBTQ community has definitely had its ups and downs for sure and in in no way will they ever ever like measure up to like POC kind of um like trials and tribulations for lack of a better word off the top of my head. Um, But 100%, like, it is so hard every day to see death and decimation and just awful, awful things happening every day. And, like, like, I have to take a step back. Like, I am one of those people who I always like to be doing something, and a lot of the time that something ends up, like, being on my phone, being on my socials, but, like, obviously in this current political climate and I I hesitate to even say political because it's just human rights and like I could go on and on about like how human rights are not political and they're not up for debate but um like especially just right now like all you see is people being hurt and people being killed for a lot of things for almost 
100% of the things that they can't like help that it's that's just how they were born that's just how they were created and like it's in I feel very privileged to even have the ability to step back because I know that there are people who are living these awful like realities every day that don't aren't able to step back and they don't have that privilege like they're living this and like it's not just a story they see on Instagram or a TikTok they see but yeah so I'm very grateful for everything that I have to be able to not only speak on this but also be in a peaceful place peaceful (laughs) yeah peaceful place while seeing this and while speaking on it your thoughts on performative activism in the age of TikTok and social media and when all these things are going on in the world and um, yeah what are your thoughts um on like like I said before like sometimes I'll pause because like I said I like I don't know words I know feelings and like that's where I can come from really because I feel like I have a very good emotional intelligence Um, And I like to use that, especially in this day and age with everything going on. Um, So I really just speak in layman's terms about everything. But it's, I don't know, like I definitely, like I wish people didn't have to performatively be activists. Like I, part of me doesn't really understand how you can sort of exist like that because these are people like, your brothers and sisters of like the universe and of mother nature and stuff like being killed being hurt having their homes taken from them like everything like terrible is going on and you sit up in like your ivory tower and that's very sort of hypocritical of me to say of course because being a white girl in a suburban sort of town um but at least I can also be aware of that so um but just like coming from a place of privilege and those people who are performatively active like being activists like I just don't understand how someone can see all these terrible things happening and are able to separate themselves so easily from it um (laughs) sorry I had to take a deep breath didn't want to breathe right into the mic (laughs) um but at the same time like I've been seeing TikToks recently where it's like, even if it is performative activism, like that's not the best thing. Of course, it's not the, it's not a good thing, but it's activism, I guess. And any awareness, any sort of attention surrounding these issues can be good attention. Like media awareness is so important. Um, Especially with what's going on in Palestine right now. 100%. And also, Mr. Barlow, my lovely, lovely Mesa teacher, if you're listening to this, we will edit out the curse words. I deeply apologize for that. I'm aware that this is a school project for Almoral High School. We're also 18 years old. <laughs> you well, can believe that well, out, too. Some people are 18 years old. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> but um, especially with what's going on in Palestine right now, awareness matters and awareness makes change. And social media makes change and it can be used for brilliant, brilliant, brilliant reasons. And the biggest thing in my mind is George Floyd. If, if without the brave actions of that 17-year-old girl, who unfortunately I cannot remember her name at the moment, we would not have known. And, mm-hmm. and think about all the change that came out of that, the world protests that came out of that. And I do agree. There were people in like Paris protesting that. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do agree, like awareness is important. And I think that 
The counter argument to that that a lot of people use, especially the black community that uses, that, that's, that says is that, well, awareness hasn't cut it yet. Exactly. Awareness is not doing anything. Awareness is not making change. People in power are the people who are making change. And those people are not doing what they need to do, which is just awful. And especially with Biden. <laughs> I, oh my goodness, it is. SWAT comes in, Secret Service. Oh my gosh. And it's like, we, with social media especially, we glorify our politicians. Oh my God, we do. Like, why are we, I, I, I call back to that whole girl bossifying Kamala Harris thing. Like, honestly, why are we girl bossifying our vice president when she should just be doing her job and shouldn't get any, like, especially speci- after, after yeah. putting thousands yeah. and thousands of black men in jail for marijuana charges. Yeah. I forget when, what her like whole oh my campaign, not for vice presidency, but for like when she was, what was she? Senator? I think so. Um, something like that. You can see how well first we are on this topic, <laughs> but I know human rights and I know she violated them. <laughs> and Absolutely. that's honestly all I have to say on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And geez, and it's hard. It is, it is hard because when you see something, when you see something on social media that breaks your heart, that you see information that breaks your heart and you want to share it, the first thought in your mind is not, do I need to fact check this? No matter all the times in elementary, middle school and high school where it was like, check your sources, check your sources. But when you see something, especially as painful as what's going on in the world, you just want to share it. Exactly. And that is okay. Gross injustices occurring. Like there's no hesitation in me specifically, like just talking for myself to repost, to find whatever petition is in the person who posted its bio and repost that and sign that. Like, oh my gosh, I got an email recently from like change.org that was like, you've signed 124 uh, petitions in the past like year. And I was like, cool but I wish I didn't have to like and that sounds very like I don't know half-assed but like I mean that in like I wish I didn't have to sign these petitions I wish the world was in a better place like this world has been at least this version because <laughs> what I could get into about how many times the big bang has happened but this version of the <laughs> world has been going on for so long and lessons have not been learned that should have been learned by now like it's, it's so frustrating and so it makes you feel so helpless and hopeless because you like double back on yourself and you're like, I'm only one person. What can I do really? Like, but all of those people who think that you can come together and you can work together as a united front and make a difference. Now, we just dropped some information on some pretty heavy, heavy topics. Now, what are some things that you do to kind of step away from that and to find your own peace? Um, it sounds stupid, but honestly, like just watching your favorite movies or favorite shows or something. Like recently, I've been re-binging New Girl, which is, if you know me, a very, very much comfort show for me. Um, just kind of like shows lighthearted shows that sort of don't I don't know they might remind you of things that are going on in the world but they don't ask you to think really which sounds I don't know sort of depressing but it's also kind of necessary like we need to turn our brains off yeah, at some time everybody needs a break our like, brains are going all the time literally even in our sleep and for me it's like your favorite childhood movies 
for me, it's like Fantastic Mr. Fox or Ella Enchanted. That's a big one for <laughs> me. Just these super mindless movies, mindless shows. And the term mindless, it's really, it's really true because you need to let your brain just rest and process what you took in that day. Because even just reading the same words on your skincare bottle every single day, that's your brain is still processing mm-hmm. that over and over again. These tiny little things, your brain is constantly moving. And that's amazing because our brains are incredible, incredible organs in our body. And it's crazy that, you know, humans are, as far as we know, unique in that aspect of yeah. how conscious we are. But it's true. We need to let ourselves rest. And I think technology has absolutely ruined that. Because so many people scrolling through TikTok hours and hours on day at night before you go to bed, that blue light, all the information, the constant, the the inability to satisfy your brain, we are addicted to our phones. And I know I sound like an old lady, but it's true. We are addicted to our phones and addicted to technology. It's a constant, especially TikTok with the For You page. Oh my God, I could go into that. But like the constant overfeeding of and and overstimulation really of anything like whether it be a dance video whether it be like a story time blah 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 like the fact that we need constant sort of stimulation when we could be getting that from so much healthier outlets and so much healthier sources it's it's really hard to think about and I am so mad every day like I, I hate that, like, I was born in the wrong decade or whatever thing, but, like, oh, my gosh, the way I would have thrived if I was born in the 70s, like, just everybody hanging out all the time and, like, sure, protesting because that's always important. When there's an injustice, you need to protest against that, and we're seeing that every day now. But, like, especially in the age of technology where that's just, like, literally killing our brains and killing our social kind of, like, skills, like, the amount of people I know who, including myself, who would much rather be on a phone than be in the presence of, like, people they love, really. It's, like, sad. Mm-hmm. The Industrial Revolution was a mistake. <laughs> I, I think that every single day, even the Agricultural Revolution, our, we, I read a wonderful, wonderful book, Braiding Sweetgrass is a excellent, excellent book if you want to learn more about this. It's written by an indigenous woman who I don't know why I can't remember her name because I talk about this book literally all the time, but about how even just with the domestication of plants, about how our current farming culture is we adjust the land to the plants. We fertilize it. We pump it with chemicals when really Native Americans, the people on this land grew to move with the earth and to Mm -hmm. follow the earth and to follow the bison and to follow the plants and to follow the corn. And that's how it should be because we are but guests on this earth. Exactly. We are just like all the other animals you see where like the deer you see driving home. We are the squirrels you see running away when you get close on the sidewalk. We are simply guests on this earth and the things we have done to it is so like terrible and it saddens me to my core absolutely and to get back on some things that you do to to ground yourself and to step away art is of course a big one and even just Mm -hmm. talking talking it out because we keep everything boiled in our brains all the time that's why so many people have insomnia and of course capitalism it has (laughs) ruined our sleep schedule our sleep schedule is naturally multiple naps throughout the day being only awake for four to five hours at a time and then resting, awake for, f- for for four to five hours at a time and then resting. Our 
the nine to five schedule has completely ruined our mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think not, people don't realize that it's like, Whoa, why do I have such a hard time going to work on Monday? It's because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to enjoy the work. And honestly, that's why I'm going to join a commune. That's that's the plan. No, I've known from a very young age that I will never sit behind a desk job that is just not for me. And in, in desk job, I mean like cubicle, doing the same thing every single day. I've known I've wanted to travel for work all of my life, which is why when I go to college, I really want to um, double. I'm going to, I'm so far I'm majoring in Spanish, but I want to tack on an environmental conservation major um, because that's really my passion. Like I see all these problems every day, like on my phone constantly. And I also like, while these are all so important, if we don't have an earth, to be on, we don't have, we can't solve these problems in the first place. Um, and so, yeah. No, I 100, I 100, 100% agree. And for me, I think it's like, as teenagers, we are, we are forced to decide what we want. This is a little bit of topic change, but we are forced to decide what we want to do for the rest of our lives at 18. <laughs> yet we cannot purchase alcohol. Literally. Like think about that because we have to think, what do I want to be doing when I'm 40? And nobody wants to think about that. We are meant to learn and we are meant to grow. Our brains are not done developing yet. We Mm -mm. need time. We need time to explore. And I think that people who take gap years and travel are some of the smartest people. And of course it sucks that you have to have a certain, you have to be in a certain tax bracket to do that. Yeah. Because capitalism has completely ruined our mental health, our sense of our sense of job and the idea of a dream career. Mm -hmm. I do not have a dream career because I do not dream to be working for the rest of my life. I dream to exist and I dream to be happy. Like, um, the, in fifth grade, I still remember this, um, at my elementary school when like they asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up, I literally said the best person possible. Like that, that's my answer. If you went to elementary school with me, you can look in the yearbook. Like I said, like, the best person possible and by like I'm I'm pretty proud of myself that as like I don't even know how old I was like 10 11 I was emotionally mentally like strengthened enough to know that like a job is not all there is if you're not happy if you're not the best person you can be that does not none of anything else doesn't mean shit like it's it's very I don't know I agree and I mean I I am one of those burnt out gifted kids to the max where in elementary school, my dream was having a PhD and to be working all the time and to love my work. And it sucks that it took me until this long until COVID, my whatever spiritual awakening, which I honestly don't love that word because Mm -mm. you go through constant, constant changes and you're constantly growing and learning and and levels of of your awakening. Yes, absolutely. And it's like, it's not just this one and done thing because, but it's true. I think my most recent really coming to grips with that was over COVID. And when I realized I don't miss school, no, I don't miss it. And for somebody who has grown to love school and to love learning, which I do, I love to learn, but think about college. That is so scary. Do I want to be stuck in another four years of studying and final season and hating it? Yep. I don't think I do. Oops. I say all the time, like, I hate school. I love education though. Like I love learning. I love knowledge for knowledge's sake. Like I'm my, one of my favorite things to do is just like learn words, like really pretty words, really elaborate words and learn about plants and different names for plants and especially like anthropology and stuff, um, like study of people. But 
the way that, especially like coming from America, the American public school system has given Don't everyone started the on that same one. education. And we, ha- we haven't grown as a society in progressed enough to um, sort of single out people in terms of like giving them the education that they should get for what they want to do and what their passions are. It, it frustrates me every day when I go to school. It's the same Eurocentric education as well. I mean, 100%. If you know me, you know that I am currently taking a history credit right now that was written by BYU Brigham Young University, which is an extremely Ugh. conservative university. Shout out. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but, um, and just the language that they use, the language that they use when talking about Native Americans absolutely breaks my heart because they still refer to them as American Indians, which is just, I wish I could say what I want to say about Columbus, (laughs) but he was a rapist. We glorify him so much. And thankfully in this past couple of years, we've grown to kind of step away from that a little bit, but it is still just like, no, you're using the term that this white Spanish guy Mm -hmm. made because he was stupid because he thought that he had landed in India. When in reality, literally... When in reality, it was this beautiful, amazing, down-to-earth, intelligent, culture, smart culture that had grew to operate the way that they did. And the Europeans were just mad because they did not follow the strict set of sexist, mm-hmm. racist, transphobic, especially oh, yeah. the culture of life. It's just like the amount of indigenous populations who have a, this is a slight tangent, but the amount of indigenous populations around the world, even still existing today, um, against all odds, as we've been <laughs> discussing, have who have um, like a non-binary god or non-binary deities that they worship. And the way those have those deities and those cultures and cultures and those practices have just been sort of quieted and brushed under the rug and pushed aside is so frustrating. And I know like I, I can't even begin, begin to imagine being a part of those indigenous groups and seeing that like dismantling of your life and your culture and your lifeblood, like before your very eyes too, because it's still continuing to this day, much less like hundreds of years ago. Absolutely. And we, whew, we have gone extremely far from our original topic of mental <laughs> this health. This always happens when this, we rant. <laughs> oh my gosh, it always does. But I'm really happy that it did because I think, and we don't, I'm not going to be cutting out the ums and ohs and the, and as much as the keeping mess ups. Keeping it real. Because exactly, we're keeping it real because we are just teenage girls who are trying to find our way in the world. And that sounds cheesy, but it's true <laughs> because we need to get out these, these feelings. We need to get out what we're feeling all the time, like we said before, we need to exercise all of our, not demons, but all of our emotions and all of what's keeping us awake at night. Mm-hmm. And so, and I want to keep this as organic as possible because these are real people. These are not, the people that I'm going to be having on this podcast are not professional public speakers. They are not, they are not post PhD level of college. We are high school kids. And that yeah. is, except I'm, for my mom, my mom will be coming on and she is, also an empath, an extremely smart person. And, and a Pisces. She, and a Pisces. Um, no, literally, yes. I am a 18-year-old girl born in Florida, struggling with sobriety and depression and anxiety. And that is, it right now, for, for the time being, for the first episode, as real as it's going to get. <laughs> Absolutely. And Mr. Barlow, if you're listening to this, 
I hope that you enjoy this because this has been, I, my original idea for my project was to bake bread. That was my original idea for the project was to bake bread. And there's the cat (laughs) was to bake bread. And then that turned into, I want to have a podcast about baking bread. And that turned into, no, I just want to sit down in a mic with my best friends and talk about what's bothering us because what we read right now, what we need right now is the honest opinion of teenagers because so many people talk down to teenagers. So many people talk down to how we are, oh, we're in high school. We don't know anything yet. We we don't know the real world. We are more in tune with technology than anybody else who is above the the age of 25. Like adults come to me and they're like, oh, you're so tech savvy, but I'm literally just like 15 years their senior. And I, I just grew up in the age of technology. Like, yeah, that's one thing, but I know what I'm talking about. Like, and I know what I feel like I've like, I'm a broken record, but like, I know feelings and like, I don't know. It's just so the sort of backhanded treatment that teenagers in this society in this day and age get and have always gotten for that matter throughout history, throughout this planet. Like, it's just so frustrating. To conclude our wonderful, wonderful discussion with my beautiful, beautiful best friend, Evan no, Smart. you're beautiful. Oh my goodness, stop. Do you have any words of wisdom, any advice through for any teenagers listening right now who are struggling with the same things that we're struggling with or thinking the same thoughts that we're thinking about? Honestly, um, like I just mentioned, I'm dealing with sobriety and um, what I can say like that goes hand in hand with that. If you're struggling with that, hey man, reach out. But like, take it one day at a time. Like you don't, in this day and age, like we've been talking about, everybody's always worried about the future. Everybody's always worried about what's going to happen. You only need to worry about right now. The future doesn't exist. The past barely exists anymore. It's just something you remember. Like nothing matters right now, except right now. I have a shirt that says that. (laughs) Um, But just focus on the now and, and do things that make you happy. If you're not happy, there is nothing more important than securing that happiness like school can wait school will always be there jobs can wait jobs will always be there you are not guaranteed to always be here you don't know when your last day on this planet is going to be and you have to live every moment like it's your last and you have to live to the fullest which sounds super cliche but most of the cliche things in this world are cliche because they're true and because people they resonate with people so much so just be happy, live in this moment, take it one day at a time. And that's what I have to say. <laughs> and of course, uh, because this is a mental health podcast, I always like to provide some resources. Um, pl- um, my my personal therapist is at, um, of course, this is a mental health podcast. And if you or somebody that you know is experiencing thoughts of suicide, of course, please seek help. The National Suicide Hotline is... And I know the suicide hotline kind of sucks, but it's something there. And all right. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, great denizens of the multiverse to the McLean Minute. This is Franny McLean and Evan Smart.